0: Our scripture lesson today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17. First, let us pray. Healing God, we come again to hear the story of your great love for us. Grant that we listen with open hearts so we may be filled with gratitude for life-sustaining mercy. Amen. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus is going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he enter- as he entered a village, 10 men with a skin disease approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourself to the priests. As the, and as they went, they were made clean. The one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, were not 10 made clean? So where are the other nine? Did none of them return to give glory to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: This is the only place in all of scripture where someone says thank you to jesus that's almost unbelievable to me jesus the son of man the way the truth and the life the resurrection and the life the good shepherd the true vine the lamb of god the one who points us again and again towards life the one who pulls us up into the light, who forgives us way more often than we deserve and heals us of our every ill. Only once, at least as it's recorded, does he hear the words, thank you. This is a curious story for more reasons than just that. Jesus enters a village and is approached by 10 lepers. They cry out for mercy and Jesus, being Jesus, hears them and heals them. Go, he says, go and show yourselves to the priests. Because back in those days, only a religious leader could declare someone clean again. Only a religious leader could say on behalf of an entire community, come on in. Welcome back home. You are one of us again. So, of course, the lepers do exactly as they're told, and while they are walking, they are made clean. Nine of them obediently continue on their way, but one turns around and runs back and falls at Jesus' feet and says, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Watching this happen, Jesus looks around, does a bit of math, and asks where the other nine might be. Why are you the only one who returned, he says. But then he moves along and says, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Which is great, but the man has already been made well. That's why he turns around in the first place, skin that is free of disease and a life that is free of isolation. So his gratitude is actually not what heals him. It doesn't seem to make much sense, but it's one of those times that our English translations need a little help again. In verse 15, when the leper realizes he is clean, the verb that's used there refers to physical healing. The verb used in verse 19 is an entirely different word. The verb used there is sozo, and translating that as made well is a pretty weak translation. It's most often translated as saved to be saved, or to be rescued, or be delivered. And it is always in a divine sense. Getting well from an illness is one thing, but truly being well, becoming whole, and being saved, that's another matter altogether. Ten lepers have faith enough to ask Jesus to heal them, and he does. They are all healed, but only one is saved, the one that turns around to say, thank you. So this is the question that always chases me with this text. What is it about gratitude that saves us? It's got to be about more than just good manners. I'm all for good manners, but it's more than that. It must be. Back when I was in high school, the only phone I had was still tethered to a wall, and my watch did exactly two things. It told me what time it was, and if I happened to push the right combination of buttons, it would function as a stopwatch, so I didn't just know that I was a slow runner, I knew exactly how slow, down to the tenth of a second How slow, but during a run one day, I hit the wrong combination of buttons and discovered that my watch had a third function. It could chime on the hour, every single hour. And I did not know how to turn that off. And it drove me crazy. It would jostle me out of whatever I was doing at the time And after a few days of abject frustration, I can't remember if someone suggested it or if I thought of it myself. I don't know where the idea came from, but I decided to say a silent one sentence prayer of gratitude every time my watch beeped. The catch was it had to be a prayer of gratitude for whatever I was doing in the moment. Now, sometimes that was easy, Watching a movie with friends, thank you, God, for these people and this entertainment. Sitting in class, thank you, God, for this education. In line at the DMV, thank you, God, for such an extended opportunity to rest and sit quietly. Sick with the flu, thank you, God, for a body that fights back against illness fighting with my parents, thank you, God, that they care enough to argue. It sounds a little silly, and there were surely more than a few times that I actually didn't hear the chime at all, but more often than not, I said a prayer of thanksgiving 10 to 12 times a day. And I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt that changed me. It taught me that there is always, without exception, there is always something to be grateful for. I learned something else about gratitude, this time from a young friend named Zoe. At the time, Zoe was three years old, and I was spending Thanksgiving with her and her twin brother and their parents who are some of my closest friends. In the day after Thanksgiving, the kids begged to put up the Christmas tree and the adults realized that for one more day, the adults would outnumber the children and so that this seemed strategically wise. We wrestled the tree into the living room and put it up in its stand. The kids bounced on the couch, maintaining a safe distance, but unable to contain their excitement. The lights went up and the kids yelled, Wow! And then it was time to decorate. Now, my job was to attach the hooks to each ornament and hand it gently to a child. Now, be careful, I warned them. These are fragile and we don't want to break them. I called Zoe over and I said, Zoe, this one is for you. And I put a sparkly silver ball in her hands. And with lights shining behind her eyes, she held it gently and she whispered, oh my goodness, thank you. She said, this is the most beautiful thing I have ever seen. And because she was three years old, this routine did not get old. Every ornament she took, she said, oh my gosh, thank you. This is the most beautiful thing I have ever seen. This is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. So I am a little bit chagrined to tell you that about three quarters of the way through the ornaments, I grabbed a wayward sock that was on the floor. It was striped brightly, but it had dust on the bottom, and I put an ornament hook on it, and I called Zoe over, and I said, this is for you, Zoe. And she said, oh my gosh, thank you. That is the most beautiful thing I have ever seen. And she hung it on the tree, and her mother laughed at her and said, Zoe, you just put your dirty sock on the tree. Are you paying any attention at all? And then her mother looked at me with a look that said, thank you, because of you, there will be a dirty sock on my Christmas tree. (laughs) But Zoe looked at her mother and she said, Mama, today, everything is beautiful, even my dirty sock. I think that Zoe was actually paying attention better than the rest of us. And I wonder if that's not the true secret behind gratitude. That not only is it enough to stop you in your tracks and turn around and throw yourself on the ground, it's powerful enough to change the way that we see one another and the way we see the world that we live in. Gratitude unleashes in us an imagination that is nothing less than holy, the kind of imagination that can hang a dirty sock on a tree and call it beautiful. It's the same kind of imagination that can look at a loaf of bread and a cup full of juice and call it an endless, unlimited feast. It's the same kind of imagination that can look at a beach full of fishermen and say, I can work with that or the same kind of imagination that looks at a sealed tomb and says confidently that life will burst forth, it unleashes in us an awareness of grace. And I think that is the transformative work of gratitude. Gratitude puts the reality of grace right in front of our eyes, and that becomes the lens through which we see everything else. And on our very best days, it can change how we move through the world, which means on our very best days, gratitude can save us. Now, I imagine you might be thinking if saying thank you can really make that much of a difference. It sounds naive even to me. But there is now research that backs this up. There are medical studies that indicate that regularly practicing gratitude has an impact on your physical health. Doctors at the University of Texas Health Science Center say that an increasingly growing body of research shows that gratitude has an amazing impact on its physical and psychosocial benefits of the human body. And Brene Brown, a renowned psychologist, sociologist, she says in 12 years of research on 11,000 pieces of data, I did not interview a single person who described themselves as joyful, who did not actively practice gratitude. For me, it was very counterintuitive, she says, because I went into the research thinking that the relationship between joy and gratitude was, if you are joyful, you will be grateful. But that wasn't what she found. Instead, she found that practicing gratitude invites joy into our lives. She says, joy doesn't make us grateful. Gratitude makes us joyful. And I believe that that's true because of my own experience and because scripture tells me so. When we allow gratitude to shape our lives, we suddenly see the whole world shimmering with the presence of love. It happened one day, long ago, on a road between Samaria and Galilee. And you are some of the people who have taught me to trust that it happens still today. So if you will bear with me, I want to say thank you. Thank you for showing up this morning. Thank you for coming from all of the other things you could have been doing, for taking the effort I know that it takes to come and join your body and your voices and your hearts with mine. Thank you for coming week after week because this thing that we do together, this worship that we offer, it knits me back together. It holds me together. It makes it possible for me to begin another week And you are the reason it happens every week. Thank you. Thank you for the ways that you live your faith. I know that I only see a part of it, but what I see amazes me. Because you listen to one another. You work at getting along with one another. You work at getting along with me and John and Heather and Matt and Jabari and Robert and Catherine and all the rest of us. You stick with us when we make a mistake. Being community is rarely easy, but the daily effort of bearing with one another, it matters. So thank you. Thank you for asking good questions. Thank you for teaching me about prayer and faith and trust. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and for taking risks and trying new things. Thank you for having a sense of humor and not letting any of us take ourselves too seriously. Thank you for being peacemakers and healers and teachers and builders and prophets and caregivers and earth stewards. You are salt and you are yeast and you are light for a weary world. In your paid work and in your daily routine, You are filled with kindness and compassion, with a love of justice and a desire for mercy, and it matters. Thank you. Thank you for caring for one another, beautifully. Thank you for caring for me. Thank you for caring for lots of other people, including many we will never see face to face. Thank you for keeping your promises. And standing tall in the storm and listening to the voices of the angels. You, in your living, you inspire me and you encourage me. Thank you. Thank you for telling the truth about life when it's hard. Thank you for sharing your failures and your disappointments and your regrets and your grief. Your honesty gives me and countless others untold strength. In you, in each of you, I see the face of Jesus every time we meet. Thank you. Thank you for your commitment to this place, for everything you have always given, your time and your ability and your finances. We would not be who we are without it, without each of you. You are the reason we proclaim the gospel the way we do and it matters, thank you. Thank you for loving so well, and for desiring to love even more. Thank you for being yourselves, for being children of God, holy and beloved, nothing more and nothing less. You mean the world to me. And I have to borrow a line from my friend Zoe and say that you, Shandon Presbyterian Church, you are one of the most beautiful things I have ever seen. Thank you. I think that Jesus is right. Saying thank you can save our lives. It seems too simple, But the world comes alive, and we do too, when gratitude directs our days and shapes our lives. It opens our eyes and we see things that otherwise we might have missed. So thank you. Thank you for showing me that the kingdom of God is among us right now. Thank you. And thanks be to the one from whom all good gifts will always flow. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.